everybody. Welcome back to the Like I Don't Know podcast. This is season two, episode four, five. I really have to get better at keeping track of this, but you guys can can enjoy either four or five, whichever episode we're on. But um, I've kind of been teasing this big episode and something that I'm really proud of, and I'm finally getting the chance to sit down, record it, and talk about it with you guys. Um, but as you know, I've kind of started this podcast and it's really taken its own form and I've started to just really talk a lot about mental health and my mental health journey. Um, I think as personal as that is, I think sharing my story could help someone else. And if I could help one person and this reaches one person in the entire world, I think I, I think I can be, be happy with that. So Um, I am going to put a trigger warning on this one now though, only because mental health is really serious. And if you are at the very beginning stages of taking care of yourself mentally, or just in a state where you need to focus on you and not really hear any noise, um, I'm going to tell you to, you know, skip this one and come back in, in two weeks and listen to another one. Um, because this one is going to get deep. It's going to get serious. It's going to be a little dark. Um, and when I say dark, I say that as someone who has gone through that dark tunnel, that dark time, and has come out the other side. So it is a happy ending. There is a happy ending to this. But I really felt like, you know, with the podcast becoming so much about mental health, I needed to kind of share my journey. And I know I've touched on it a little bit. Obviously, you guys know that I started therapy after my dad died because it was just a situation, a traumatic event that completely broke me. And I had to rebuild myself and figure out who I was after that. And for a couple years, almost, you know, I would say six years, it was great. It was really all I needed. I went to talk therapy. Um, start, it started as once a week, then it was every two weeks, then it was once a month, and then it was whenever you need me, call me. And I figured out very quickly that therapy for me and what it looks like for me is going once a month, clearing my head clearing all the junk out of it and just having someone listen. And that is so incredibly helpful and empowering. And I do not think I would be sharing this journey with you if I hadn't, if I hadn't or have, aren't in or wasn't in therapy. Sorry, whatever that was. (laughs) Um, But I don't think I would be sharing my story if it didn't have such an impact on me. So like I said, have been in talk therapy for six years, seven years now since it's 2023. And for a while, like I said, it really worked for me. It was really empowering. It was something where I thought of it as a reset. I was able to kind of recalibrate myself and I was doing really well. And then I was 29. And I don't know, you know, if you're 29, if you're past 29, if you're younger than 29, but For me, when I turned 29, it was like I just had this epiphany or this idea in my head and I was like, oh my god, I'm not anywhere near where I should be at 29. I don't have a family. I've just broken up with the man that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I don't have kids. I don't have a house. I don't have 
a nice apartment. I don't make six figures. I don't do this. I don't do that. And I just started to kind of spiral and snowball. And I, you know, joked around with people about it. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, not really in great shape, like this and that. Like, I just feel like I should be, I feel like something is missing from my life. And that kind of all came to a head right before I turned 30. And, you know, we were celebrating this monumental life event in my family. My sister had just announced she was going to have a baby. And I just, I don't love the phrase went off the deep end, but I really did. I just felt like I was falling down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. Like I felt like all of this stuff was happening around me and I had no control over myself or anything that was happening and how I felt about what was happening. And so I got really, really depressed. I went into a really bad depressive state and for a while I was able to hide it. And I think that's the biggest thing I want to, I want to talk about is that it's very easy for someone to hide how they're really feeling when they are as depressed as I was because you just kind of put on a mask and you just smile and you keep going. But I mean, I'm here to tell you that deep down I was screaming for someone to just help me. And I honestly didn't know what that looked like. And, you know, I didn't really know how to ask for help or I didn't want to admit how much help I actually needed. And, you know, it got to a point where, you know, right before my birthday, you know, one, two, three weeks before, I was considering self-harm. And, you know, I don't want to say that it got as far as, you know, not wanting to be on the planet anymore, but I definitely was thinking to myself, oh, you know, like I could get into a car accident, spend a few days at the hospital, and I would get the help that I needed. And, you know, it would be fine. And, you know, or I could, you know, the 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 car was really the biggest thing for me. It was the biggest way that I could kind of do something about my depression. And that's when I kind of had a moment of, okay, no, like I really, really need help. And I am very lucky in the fact that I have an incredible support system in my mom my sister and my friends. And I told my mom and my sister how I was feeling and they were like, okay, well, you need, we, we're going to get you help and we're going to get you the help you need. And I wasn't really sure what that looked like. I am someone who struggles with body dysmorphia. And when the idea of antidepressants was introduced, I was very against it because I heard it could make you gain weight. And as someone who has never really accepted their body and liked their body, that was a really big deterrent for me. I just didn't want it. And, you know, my, I have spent my birthday with my, with two of my best friends and I was just, I wasn't myself. I wasn't me. And I know my friends saw that and they finally said to me, you know, you need to go to your doctor. You need to go. And as, as you know, the American healthcare system is not the best. It's not prepared to help people who need mental help. And so I found a psychiatrist and unfortunately they couldn't see me for about a month. And I knew, I was like, no, like I need to be seen immediately. 
And so my best friend, I'll never forget it, she called me one day and she's like, why don't you just call your regular doctor? Just call your GP. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't really, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's going to really help me. And I finally did it. And I got on the phone and I said, I need, I need help. And I need to see my doctor as soon as possible or I might hurt myself. And that got everybody's attention and that got me in for an appointment right away. But I mean, just the fact that I had to go that far is, it's awful. And it's, in my opinion, I think a huge reason why people don't ask for help sooner because it's like, it's, it's very, it's, there's no bedside manner to it. It's like you have to advocate for yourself. And as someone who isn't good at advocating for themselves, I was just completely out of my element because I'm someone who helps other people. I don't ask for help myself. And um, that's something that I have struggled with my entire life um, and something that I work on. But I just remember when I went into the doctor's office, they, when you are asking for, for help and it's mental health related, you have to take this survey basically for lack of a better term and it is this list of different scenarios and a scale from one to five and agree disagree and it's supposed to be a model of or it's supposed to show where you are in I guess a depressive state and I don't want to speak too much to that because I don't know a lot about that form but I can tell you what it felt like for me was the survey it was like this survey is checking in on your brain, like what is going on in your head. And at that point, I mean, I was crying uncontrollably. I couldn't stop. I was sobbing. I didn't want to get out of bed. I felt like my brain was just on this constant loop and I couldn't stop it. And that was terrifying. And when I gave my survey to the nurse she she said you know she she was great and she said you know we're we're gonna help you I'm glad you're here and I was grateful for that because I was so desperate and so depressed that like I didn't really think I was gonna get the help that I needed and I think that's another thing that people don't understand about depression is that when you're in that deep of a state of sadness and just continued sadness you kind of lose all hope and as someone who always sees the glass half full that was a huge red flag for me but it took me a while to finally admit like hey I need to go see the doctor um so like I said I went to the doctor I filled out the survey I did all the things and my doctor came in and she she told me she said you know I don't love prescribing these to to people I don't don't love prescribing these medications to people and and I said well that's fine but if you don't do it I'm going to need to go to the hospital because I do not trust myself and I'm not in a state where I feel safe in my own head and that got her attention and she you know finally kind of saw how bad I was and wrote me the prescription for Zoloft and that was literally the best thing she could have done. But what I will say and what I think 
really sucked about that experience is that the first thing she said to me as far as a side effect goes was, well, you know this can make you gain weight. And again, I've said this before on this podcast, I struggle with body dysmorphia. I don't love my body. I've never loved my body. So as soon as someone tells me this is going to make me gain weight, I don't want to be on it. And I was really proud of myself because I guess I was so desperate. I said, you can't tell me that or I won't take this medication. And that kind of jerked her a little bit. And, you know, it was like, okay, like, no, you need to take this. Like, you need, we need to see if this helps you. And I got the prescription and I started taking it. And when I tell you I started to feel better almost immediately, I started to feel better almost immediately. And I don't know if that's a placebo effect. I don't know if that was just my brain because the one thing I will say is that especially with antidepressants and being prescribed any kind of medication in relation to your mental health is so incredibly personal and it is different for every single person. So I I just want to say that because I'm speaking directly from my experience and I want people to know that my experience is different than every other person's experience. And um, I feel very lucky that I am in the position I am where I can afford to go to the doctor and I can afford to get this medication and it helps me because I also realize that sometimes the medication doesn't help and it takes a while to find something that helps. And I feel very grateful that I am on a medication that so far for the last year has done what it needed to do to help me. And, you know, that's huge. And, you know, now that I'm on Zoloft and I'm on the prescription, I tell everyone to get on it. Um, I, I always joke that I'm medicated and it's the greatest thing that could possibly have happened to me because I'm just, it's, I always describe it to my therapist. It's like a suit of armor. It's kind of like this, this protector and it keeps me in a safe space in my own head and that's a really hard thing to say and that's a really hard thing to describe and I think that also speaks to how fluent mental health can be and how it is different for every single person and you can't really describe it because people don't understand it and it's taboo to talk about and I know it's 2023 but people still don't know how to talk about their mental health and that's why I'm sharing my story now with you guys because I want people to ask for help when they need it. I don't want people to be afraid and to wait until it's too late and you start to think about hurting yourself or taking yourself off this planet and because it's not it's the world isn't going to be a better place without you and people need you and people love you and you matter and if sharing my story right now in such a public platform can help somebody, like I said at the beginning of this episode, then this was all worth it. And I, again, realize that my story is very different than other people's and everybody's story is different. But I hope that this podcast brings some comfort to those who might be struggling with mental health. Because again, it's hard to talk about, it's hard to pinpoint, it's hard to articulate. And You know, I might not be good at math, but I am very good at communicating how I feel and communicating my feelings and bringing something to the table that is constructive and helpful for others. At least I hope so. So with that, I'm going to kind of wrap up here and I'm going to say, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. I'm going to put some resources in the bio of this 
podcast episode and just give you resources if you need them. And, you know, if you do need someone to talk to, as they, as they say, slide into my DMs, you know, just reach out to me. Um, you know how you can find me. You can find me at the Like I Don't Know podcast on Instagram and you can message me. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I mean, I will never say no to helping someone else because that's what the, that's what the world's all about. It's all about helping people. So I'll see you soon. Hi friends. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review, subscribe, give this pod some stars. And remember you can listen anytime on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the, like, I don't know podcast. I'll see you soon.